Good morning and welcome to another episode of CCT Live, the Cape Cod Times live Facebook news broadcast. I'm news editor Patrick Cassidy and I'm joined again by reporter Tanner Stenning. Uh, Tanner covers the towns of Sandwich and Mashpee as well as the Mashpee Wampanoag tribe and uh, that uh, uh, beat in particular we'll talk quite a bit about a decision on the tribe's lands that came recently. That's definitely the big story of this week uh, and last week, really. Uh, so we'll talk a lot about that. We'll also talk about Cape Codders uh, preparing to help out with Hurricane Florence, not hitting our area um, despite the rain outside. It's not the lashing winds and hurricane force winds that they're seeing down south. But we'll talk about some some folks around here who are getting ready to help out down there. And then uh, a big business story here, the layoffs uh, announced uh, just yesterday of uh, some employees at Cape Cod Potato Chips Factory in Hyannis, an iconic uh, business here on the Cape and kind of what the ramifications are for that. Uh, And then we'll take a look ahead at a story you've been working on, Tanner, about some controversy around a Vietnam uh, War Memorial in Sandwich, one of your towns that you cover. You can take a look back at our past uh, episodes and follow along at home by going to our website, capecottimes.com slash cctlive, capecottimes.com, or follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the like. Um, We'll get right into it um, with this uh, potato chips factory, uh, uh, which, you know, in a lot of cases, you may say, oh, potato chips factory was the, the big deal. But here on the Cape, there's not a lot of kind of uh, these type of factory jobs and bus- these types of businesses that are producing something uh, that's really being shipped around uh, the country. Uh, Cape Cod potato chips, you've probably tried them. Had a few. Yeah, a few. Yeah, it seems Over like. the past week, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's it, you go into the store, they're, they're everywhere here on the Cape. They're everywhere really around the country. I mean, this is an iconic uh, potato chip. It's an iconic product. They have all sorts of different uh, types of these chips now. And they're made right here on the Cape at this factory on uh, Breeds Hill Road in Hyannis. Um, and it's really been a business that a, uh, a lot of people have, have worked at. There were about 80 workers at the, the uh, facility there. And uh, just yesterday, we got word, um, uh, our uh, reporter and online guy, Jason Savio, had gotten word that there, were gonna be, there was going to be a meeting. Uh, he went out to that and talked to some employees who came out of that meeting, and it turns out that uh, there were layoffs. There were about 20, 21 people who were laid off out of that 80. So it's a big chunk of of workers there, about a quarter. Um, he got in touch with um, the Campbell Soup Company. Campbell Soup Company, by way of a little backstory, had bought uh, the Cape Cod Potato Chips parent company, which was, which was Snyder's Lance, uh, for about $4.8 million um, earlier this year. Um, and Snyder's Lance had owned Cape Cod Potato Chip uh, uh, Company uh, before that. Uh, Cape Cod Potato Chips go back to, I think, the mid-80s. They had opened the uh, the facility in Hyannis. And the reason that uh, Campbell Soup's folk gave uh, for this these layoffs was actually improvements in equipment, they said, uh, when Snyder's Lance had owned the company. They had said that they were going to pursue a $20 million uh, kind of uh, renovation and expansion project uh, that had actually gone through some of the process here locally with the Cape Cod Commission and received approval for that uh, back last year. But after the sale, you know, that was kind of in limbo. And obviously things have changed. Uh, The the spokeswoman who uh, Jason Savio uh, uh, spoke to uh, said that that uh, expansion, they were reevaluating that. And what they did was they basically brought in new equipment. And by doing so, they basically said, we don't need this many employees. And so he spoke to some of those folks who came out of uh, that meeting. Some some were very upset. Some were kind of a little more reflective on it and kind of said uh, they saw it coming more or less. 
Um, uh, but certainly uh, local business leaders, uh, Wendy Northcross from the mm -hmm. Chamber of Commerce, uh, said that she hopes this doesn't mean that they're going anywhere. Um, they said they, they're not really, but, uh, but again, it's always a little disconcerting when these types of changes and certainly layoffs in any business happen, especially yeah. one as well known there. Right. Um, have you been following the Hurricane Florence how can you not really? Right, yeah. yeah. I'm from Florida, uh, so we're yeah. used to them. <laughs> yeah, you, you've lived through a few uh, hurricanes yourself. I have, yeah, yeah. Actually, all throughout school, high school, really. I mean, we've had numerous, uh, many weeks off from school because of Do you remember any so. of the names? Uh, Charlie, Charlie. Charlie 2004. Okay. Right. I remember that one. <laughs> and what's it what, What's it like to, to go through a hurricane? Like, uh, what was, was that a Category 2, or do you remember? Anything? Charlie, I think Charlie reached, uh, I think it was a 4 at one point. We were supposed to get hit directly by yeah. it, but it sort of veered away the last minute. But um, when you're young, it's more exciting and yes. less uh, unnerving. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously, as you get older, you start to realize some of the potential dangers involved. Right. And Florence looks like uh, it's weekend, but I know I was looking at the National uh, Hurricane Center uh, tweets this morning. They said, don't even think about worrying less about this. That even though it's weekend, that doesn't mean that it's not going to be uh, life threatening. Um, and so uh, some folks around here uh, who are part of the Massachusetts Task Force? That's a, a federal emergency management agency task force. Uh, one, actually, it's I think it was the first in the country here in Massachusetts that was formed of these 28 across the country. Uh, a, a couple of folks, a uh, firefighter from Yarmouth, a firefighter from Dennis, and a uh, New Bedford firefighter retired who now lives in Mashpee uh, have already been sent down and were sent down. That's according to. Uh, Tom Kenny, he's the Hyannis fire captain, and he's a rescue team manager with that uh, uh, FEMA task force. Um, so they've already been sent down and, and are in place to be deployed as needed as the hurricane's damage becomes uh, uh, realized really today. They're, we're kind of in the middle of it right now down there in, in the Carolinas in the mid-Atlantic. Um, and then uh, the uh, local chapter of the Red Cross has also uh, deployed some, some folks, I think statewide, about 15 uh, Red Cross personnel uh, were sent down, including a couple from the local chapter. And then uh, the Massachusetts Maritime Academy as uh, has happened in a lot of cases, the T.S. Kennedy, their training ship, um, which was deployed for Hurricane Harvey uh, in Texas, uh, for Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. Um, it's a 540-foot-long uh, training vessel, but it's really owned by the federal government, even though it, it's stationed at the school and they use it for, for housing and they use it for training, obviously. They go on a sea term on it and, and the cadets learn uh, how, to, how to work a ship, basically. Yeah. Um, but when disasters like this strike, it's on call, um, and as of, I think, yesterday or the day before, it wasn't clear whether they were going to need it down there. That area of Virginia, Norfolk, is an area where there are a lot of ships, a lot of assets, and, and it's not unclear you know, how many they'll need from here, but it is ready to go, and they were already kind of looking at ways that they might be able to house the cadets who are living on it now so that they can send it down um, and help out, usually with housing and to act as a base for uh, FEMA uh, workers, and FEMA is the one who will make the call there. Uh, and then finally, here on the Cape, uh, we have Air Station Cape Cod, the Coast Guard Station, and they're often called into these types of events, and, and in particular during uh, Hurricane Harvey, I think they sent a couple of helicopters down there, and they were rescuing people literally off rooftops, the type of uh, you know video you see on TV where yeah. – 
their helicopter comes down and it's hoisting people off rooftops as the water's coming up. I think they saved about a hundred people in the first couple of days with the, those two helicopters that came from air station wow. Cape Cod. They haven't sent any assets like that, that down yet. They've sent some support staff, uh, but we'll continue to follow and see how our local uh, emergency response folks are responding to that. Um, wanted to save a lot of time here for uh, kind of the big story again, at the end of last week, we were waiting for a decision from the uh, U.S. Department of Interior on the Mashpee Wampanoag tribe's bid to keep, really keep its land and trust that it has. And, and this land is important to it for a number of reasons you'll get into, um, uh, one of which, and, and they say it's, they, they want to make clear that it's not the only reason. There's economic, there's yeah. social services, yeah. there's all sorts of reasons why they want this land. But one reason was a casino that they wanted to build in Taunton on some land. Uh, there were some neighbors there who objected, and that's what kind of led to this process. Take us back before taking us forward. Sure. Not, not too far back, <laughs> but far enough back to where folks can have some context of what we're talking about here. Right, right. So uh, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about the tribe and, and some of here, its history. We were. We were. We were, yeah. we were right here. Um, the Mashpee Wampanoag tribe has been involved in a uh, protracted uh, legal fight uh, for some years now, and preceding that, it has been involved in a protracted effort to get recognition, to become recognized, as so that tribe. it can, as a tribe, as a, a as part of the process, uh, you have to receive federal recognition before you can um, uh, get a reservation, before you can have land taken into trust. Um, so the tribe uh, received that recognition in 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of marked the end of a, a period of, of uh, activism and, um, you know, tribes tend to reassert themselves uh, to, to try to get recognition, to take land, have land taken into trust. Uh, so the tribe... A lot of paperwork. Uh, a lot of paperwork. And I remember yep. 2007, I was here, and it was a big deal. It was, you know, a great celebration for the tribe, um, you know, and a lot of people came to support them in this effort. And there's reasons for that. The town, the state uh, wanted to support them for various reasons. Um, but but it was a big deal for them to get that recognition. Right. But that was one step also towards this process. of Right. And that was a kind of a celebratory period that led to um, the tribe actually having uh, about 321 acres of land uh, taken into trust in 2015 under the Obama administration. So that's the Department of the Interior that is tasked with um, actually taking the land into trust, uh, and that the Interior Department, that authority comes from Congress, according to experts that uh, I've spoken with. Uh, so everything was going well for the tribe over the past, we'll say, 10 or so years, things have been going well, until uh, there was a lawsuit in 2016 by neighbors of uh, a proposed casino project that they have proposed for land in Taunton. And that 321 um, acres was split between, split roughly between split between Taunton. Yep. Mashpee and Taunton. Yeah, and so these neighbors had filed a lawsuit against the Department of the Interior, uh, claiming that they did not have the authority to take land into trust, um, uh, asserting under uh, Carcieri, which is a Supreme Court, again, we're going to get legal here. Yep. Um, uh, Carcieri was a uh, decision, a Supreme Court decision back in 2009 that kind of turned the uh, Indian country upside down, basically on its head. Yeah. Um, it, it involved the Narragansett tribe in Rhode Island. Uh, they were seeking to have uh, land taken into trust. They were sued as well. That resulted in the Supreme Court decision that basically said that tribes that did not 
uh, were not recognized after 1934, which was the, uh, uh, when the an Indian Reorganization Act was passed, which is the statute yeah. that gover governs Indian affairs, um, that these tribes that weren't recognized um, could not have land taken into trust. Tribes that weren't recognized as of 1934, yes. if they were recognized after 1934 as a tribe, they, they couldn't take land into trust. If they were recognized before 1934, they were considered. All was well. Yeah. And that was based on uh, the Supreme Court. That was uh, uh, Justice uh, Th uh, Thomas, Clarence Thomas. Yeah, yeah I think it, he was there at the time. Um, he issued the, um, you know, the majority opinion on that and said it basically interpreted the statute, um, uh, strictly speaking, looking at four words that said, now under federal jurisdiction. And those are the four words that have plagued many tribes now seeking to have land These taken were, this into trust. This was in the Indian Reorganization Act. This was, yeah, in that. this in this uh, this statute that was passed in 1934. That is still the um, the essential statute that governs how this process unfolds, how tribes are recognized, how they have their land taken into trust. So these four words now under federal jurisdiction, um, uh, basically uh, because of this this Supreme Court decision. Um, there are there have been many tribes that have been recognized since 1934 that have been sued and have run into this problem mm -hmm. uh, of of not being able to have their land taken into trust, etc. Um, so the Mashpee tribe is one of these tribes, and uh, they uh, so they were sued back in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, they lost in court. Um, a uh, judge basically said... And really, again, the Interior Department was sued because they made yes, the decision, correct, so yep. and the Interior Department's decision was overturned in court. Right, correct. Yeah, there were a lot of, there were a lot of components to this. It's very confusing. Yep. Um, but uh, so the Interior Department uh, was then charged with looking at another way to take land. It had already taken into trust um, uh, to, to keep it into trust. Um, and since then, they have been looking at, since last year, actually, uh, they have been looking at this, this theory that would tie the state of Massachusetts to the tribe in a way that could act as a substitute for this jurisdictional, federal jurisdictional requirement. And if I remember correctly, the judge in the initial decision had said, you don't qualify under this definition yes. here. Yep. But you should go back and look at this definition. And then the Interior Department looked at that definition, and it actually drafted a, a, a decision on that saying that definition doesn't work either. Right. But we're going to look at this alternative way of looking at that definition, essentially saying, um, does Massachusetts act as a surrogate for the federal government in, right. in its jurisdiction over the tribe and therefore meet the requirement, again, of the 1934 Act? Again, not uncomplicated. Right. but Yeah, exactly. And, and again, these four words, the you know, now under federal jurisdiction, um, there was no uh, consensus on what that actually meant. Mm -hmm. And so tribes that, that uh, have not run into this problem um, have, have received some kind of recognition, um, whether it be by treaty or some kind of um, interaction with the federal government that, that in the interior's mind mm -hmm. and in the attorney's mind showed this kind of jurisdiction. Um, it's still an open question. There are many ways to interpret, uh, you know, what this phrase actually means. Um, and so the tribe, uh, you know, it, it, everything was well under the Obama administration. Uh, the interior took the land into trust. 
Um, everything was going well, and then the Trump administration came into office, and there was this question as to whether or not the interior... Well, the lawsuit really was kind of the first problem for them. Yeah. And then, again, the change in administration. It's unclear how the Obama administration would have reacted to that, that decision by the judge, but we know right. how the Trump administration has reacted, the Interior Department uh, currently, and the Bureau of Indian Affairs, which is a subset of the in, uh, Interior Department, came out with this decision after a year or two of, of looking at this question uh, last Friday, and you yes. got a hold of that decision. They didn't exactly announce it. It's not like no, they no, put no. out a press release <laughs> or said, this is what we've decided, Yep. but this 28-page uh, decision you got a hold of, and, and what did it say generally? Yeah, so on Friday, um, you know, uh, again, the tribe has been waiting for, for this specific decision for some time now. It is the result of about two years of, of legal uncertainty. Um, Decision essentially said what I think everyone feared, which uh, uh, was that the tribe did not qualify to have its land taken into trust uh, because it wasn't under federal jurisdiction. And again, they were looking at this Massachusetts theory that looked at the state to see if it could fill that requirement. Yeah. It didn't in the you uh, interior. Everybody mind. but the neighbors in Taunton feared. The neighbors everybody, in Taunton right. were hoping for this because yes. they don't want to see the casino go forward. They had sued to overturn the record of decision. This was a win for them a loss for the tribe and for tribe supporters. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, you know, that, that uh, there was a letter sent that we, uh, we got a hold of on Friday before anyone else really saw it um, that was uh, issued by the new Assistant Secretary of Indian Affairs, that's Tara Sweeney. Mm -hmm. um, it, uh, you know, the, the decision basically, it was, it was, you know, it was that they couldn't take the land into trust because they weren't under federal jurisdiction. Um, the tribe had submitted really quite a lot of evidence that uh, uh, attempted to show that it was under federal jurisdiction, some of which um, many people within Indian country are saying, I don't know how this doesn't, you know, these are this doesn't qualify. Records, these yeah. are uh, education, uh, you know, they, I think the tribe vice chair woman spoke about uh, how their children were sent to a, to a school yep. by the federal government, and therefore how could that not have and been? And the Department of War, which predated the Department of Defense, which was, I believe, before 1934, she had, Jesse Little O'Baird, who was in Washington yesterday, was saying that the Department of War come to Mashpee and was wondering what to do with the Mashpee reservation and that that uh, was somehow, um, you know, uh, something that wasn't considered, uh, again, as part of this jurisdiction, federal jurisdictional requirement. So there's been a lot of reaction to this. Obviously, the tribe is, is upset and, and, and saying, how could this be? Indian country, as you said, in general is upset. I mean, interestingly enough, Tara Sweeney is herself a uh, uh, Alaskan native um, who, again, was appointed to this position over the summer, um, kind of seemingly probably new to this whole thing yeah. um, and and was, you know, certainly in this position where she was the one who had signed this letter. Um, and even just yesterday, uh, there's an event going on down in D.C. The National Congress of American Indians mm -hmm. is meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, just so happens that this is kind of their week for their kind of big conference, I think. And uh, uh Baird, little though Baird, uh, had a chance to speak directly to uh, Sweeney about the decision. Yep. And what did she say? So yeah, there was uh, there was some video of this um, back and forth between uh, Jesse and Tara Sweeney that appeared to be during a question and answer session. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she had uh, uh, essentially was uh, giving Sweeney a piece of her mind. Yeah. Um, you know, she said that uh, from one uh, Indian woman to another, I love you, I respect you, but you did a wrong thing. You made the wrong, wrong choice. Um, uh, you know, Sweeney appeared to be listening to her. 
Um, there was some applause after this this back and forth, but uh, really uh, it showed, um, you know, the kind of desperate uh, situation that the tribe finds itself in now, yeah. now that it has struck out in court and with the executive branch. Um, so its options are certainly narrowing now, and we know that there's legislation uh, that, uh, you know, was introduced as a response to these fears, this very real fear that the interior would turn back Take the um, land out of trust. Yeah. We're worried about at this point because it is technically still in trust now. And that's yep. the interesting thing. Interior did not release any statements on Friday, on Monday. Uh, you finally got a hold of somebody at the Interior Department and got a response from the Indian yep. country had been clamoring for a response uh, from uh, the Interior Department and the federal government to say, what does this mean for your general take on Indian lands and your general attitude towards uh, our lands? Right. Um, you finally got a, a spokeswoman from the uh, Interior Department from the Bureau of Indian Affairs specifically and and she said something pretty interesting, which is the tribe's land is still in trust and will be for the foreseeable future. Right. Yeah. And and um, which is a huge surprise to us because they have been completely incommunicado for months and months and months. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, the spokesperson said that you know, as per our protocol, uh, we will not be taking the land out of trust uh, until and if there is a final court order imposed uh, resulting from the lawsuit. Um, there is an appeal that's still pending. Mm -hmm. um, uh, both sides will very likely appeal the decision to the Supreme Court if they have to. Yeah. This is an unprecedented uh, event uh, in, in Indian country as uh, many people worry that the tribe uh, will, in fact, lose its reservation over this. Certainly, uh, Chairman Cedric Cromwell um, has echoed those concerns yeah. many times, um, you know, hearkening back to the 1950s when the federal government was indeed terminating reservations and, and, and forcing tribes to assimilate. And that's one of those those options within the narrowing corridor of options is a U.S. Uh, Circuit Court of Appeals uh, appeal is, is underway, essentially. Um, the federal government is saying we're going to wait for that before we make a decision. But even that, as you said, could be appealed to the Supreme Court. How that's going to that appeal is going to line up with the Carcieri decision of previous yeah. uh, times will be interesting. Uh, there's talk of a Carcieri fix. There's been talk of a Carcieri fix for, for a long time, time yeah. which is a legislation by Congress, which was you know similar on a on a much more uh, specific scale to the fix that they were talking about for this tribe, which was just to have Congress make a law say the tribe's land is in trust. Period. No, you know, uh, no lawsuits can can fight that. It's a law um, itself that would be very specific. So again, those those options are narrowing, but they're still there for the tribe, and it's just a matter of it, things certainly aren't happening as fast as they were. I imagine a couple of years back where they were literally shovels in ground and starting right. to build the casino. They had a lot of programs and projects that were underway, and they're worried about all those having to do with education and housing and, and lots of other things. Um, so something I think we'll be following going forward. Um, was certainly. there anything we, I mean, major that we yeah. missed? I mean, there's there's a lot to go through, and certainly our stories that uh, uh, Tanner's been writing recently have a lot of this background in them that you can look at, um, and those are all on our website uh, at CapeCodTimes.com, I think, slash Wampanoag, which would be where you could find out more information about all the tribe-related issues. I would just say I think, um, you know, the tribe has met several times since Friday's decision, um, and uh, they will meet on Friday. There will be this kind of um, what looks like to be a grassroots campaign to raise awareness about the issue. Um, they met in executive session on Tuesday, sorry, Monday. 
Sunday there was a, a tribal body meeting, which is something that happens all the time. So just and just know. to distinguish between all those, the tribe body meeting is like the tribe's town meeting, if you will. Yeah. Uh, the tribal council is what you would have been talking about when you were right. talking about executive session, similar to, to how selectmen might meet in an executive session. But all those are really off limits to non-tribe members. The interesting part about this Friday meeting is they're saying everybody who's interested anybody. in this <laughs> can come to this and and yeah. learn about it and and. Basically, they're looking for assistance and people to come to help them uh, raise awareness, presumably put pressure on on lawmakers and, and, to and pass try the and, bill. Yeah. Uh, pass the, the bill that would uh, affirm. Uh, but it, it is still even in question as to what exactly it needs to do, because if it's affirming a decision by the Department of right. Interior that is eventually it's voided, overturned, technically. Yeah, yeah, that's what the opponents would certainly say has happened. So. Lot, lot there. Um, another uh, controversial issue, and just really quickly here, you were at a meeting last night and have been covering uh, this proposal for a Vietnam War memorial and sandwich. Um, I guess if you could quickly bring us up to speed, and then uh, we can certainly look forward to your story in tomorrow's paper that will kind of everybody can look at for the full picture of what happened last night. Yeah. So uh, there, there was a proposal for a Vietnam War era. Memorial in Sandwich uh, in Eaton Square, which is a kind of grassy knoll area outside of Town Hall, very picturesque. Um, that was put forward last year by the uh, local veterans there, the Clark Haddad, is it Haddad? American mm -hmm. Legion Post. Um, it uh, breezed through all of the various approvals that it needed to, including the um, uh, town meeting. The town endorsed it. Mm -hmm. uh, it received uh, some $15,000 from uh, CPA uh, funding. Um, everything was going well. They have a planned uh, um, event on November 11th mm -hmm. um, to break ground, uh, but uh, it unfortunately hit a snag uh, recently over the past few weeks with the Sandwich Historic District Committee, the old King's Highway. King's Highway. Um, it's a five-member uh, committee that uh, uh, during the last meeting, not last night, but the previous meeting, they took a straw poll and, and said that they didn't like the location. Mm -hmm. uh, and that caused lots of uh, uh, people to, um, to respond, uh, and they were upset over that. There was a meeting last night that um, uh, basically massive turnout, uh, many folks from the town, many uh, uh, former service members um, who uh, were there uh, and gave their testimony and support of the project, ultimately they did pass it. So but there was some okay. temporary, uh, some temporary uh, spoilers. No, that's fine. <laughs> again, that, that's good for folks to know. And again, you can see what that turnout was like, and and more about that uh, that story and your story that will come online later on today, and then it will be in the paper tomorrow. So feel free to check CapeCutTimes.com for some of the back and forth and and how that played out in that meeting last night. Thanks a lot, Tanner. Appreciate it. Lots of uh, not uncomplicated issues uh, uh, to <laughs> yeah. deal with, and, and you've done it well. Um, thanks again for joining us. Tell your friends, share the link, and feel free to reach out to us with any story tips or ideas. Um, all of our emails are available at CapeCutTimes.com. We're where news on Cape Cod starts. Uh, until next week, uh, have a good morning and good luck.